Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FinTranSipic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning, good morning. Well, the forecast for the coming week is full of highs, in the 70s, could that get any better? During the coming coming months, we have a great excuse to be outside. After all, we have to get the house or the garden ready for the autumn and for the winter. And don't forget, we got to pay attention to getting the car in shape for the winter. We in Northeast Ohio always assume our winters will be hard, but hey, that's from experience. We've had experience in past years. But regardless of any predictions anyone makes, we need to prepare for the worst, even though we hope for the best. Most everything in life is like that. And while we're puttering around in the backyard this weekend, we should also find the time to check on the economy and how it affects our environment. But before we do that, Monday is September 11th an anniversary of the day that over 3,000 victims perished because of terrorist attacks. And the attacks were jetliners 
fully loaded with fuel, crashed into the World Trade Centers, the, Men and the Pentagon, and the field near uh, uh, in Pennsylvania after the heroic fight between the passengers and the terrorists. Monday, let's remember all those whose lives were cut short or forever affected by the events of that day. Events that with no clue, in the blink of an eye, so to speak, changed their lives dramatically on what was only a beautiful, ordinary uh, weekday in September. And be thankful for having our loved ones safe on a lovely September day. So, there's good news in the economy this week, but investors aren't happy. The good news, the service sector of the U.S. economy continues to grow stronger. The uh, Institute of Supply Management reported, uh, uh, I think it was Wednesday, that their service index, uh, their index for the service industries in the U.S. economy rose to uh, 54.5 in August, and that's up from 52.7 in July. Just to give you an idea what those numbers mean, uh, the, the way that the service index, index works, uh, anything above uh, 50 is considered to be expansion in the service industries, and something less than 50 is considered to be a contraction. So it's one of those things where uh, they survey the, the uh, managers in those particular industries, I think there's 18 of them, and they run anywhere from construction to restaurants and things of this nature. So they they go across the entire uh, field of, of workers, and uh, basically what it shows is that uh, uh, the service industry is, is uh, expanding, and that was a big surprise because economists weren't expecting a significant increase. Furthermore, when you look at the report, all the ISM uh, Institute of Supply Management components were really good. One example is the new orders components, which raised, which rose for the eighth straight month. The uh, production or the business activity was up. Uh, inventory sentiment was up. Price comp components, everything was strong. All in all, 13 of the 18 component industries that the ISM survey reported growth in August. And uh, this showed basically that we remain in a consumer-led economic recovery, and that's what's driving our GDP growth right now. Currently, the Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank uh, expects the GDP growth of 5.6%. In the third quarter, uh, investors weren't happy with that growth because they were worried that it would lead to higher prices and that in, in turn would cause a spike in inflation and that in turn would force the Fed to raise the key interest rates again. So uh, the economic news of the preceding week showed that the economy was slowing and and this was the week before uh, last week, and it showed that the economy was slowing, and that made the investors happy. So we got a situation where uh, if the economy is going strong, uh, 
uh, and getting stronger. The investors are not happy because they're afraid of the Federal Reserve and vice versa. So the week before last, they were happy because things were slowing down. And the previous week's job openings and labor turnovers surveyed the JOLTS report, showed that the job growth is slowing. Uh, then it revealed that the, the uh, JOLTS declined 3.7%. This is the number of job openings uh, uh, decreased 3.7% to 8,827,000. Uh, jobs in July compared to 9,165,000 in uh, June. And so the JOLTS report was well below the uh, uh, consensus estimate of uh, 9,500,000. So, you know, due to decelerating uh, payroll growth, the Fed is expected to uh, proceed cautiously. And on Friday, a week ago, the Labor Department reported that 187,000 new payroll jobs were created in August. And that was a bit better than uh, economists' consensus estimates of 170,000. But the June and July payroll reports were revised lower by uh, 110,000 and 157,000, respectively. So. Uh, news regarding slowing the econ- slowing down of the economy is considered to be good news because the economy appears to be playing according to the Federal Reserve playbook. The Federal Reserve game plan since the start of 2022 has been to uh, increase the or use the interest rate increases uh, to slow the economy and basically slow the economy reduce the demand, thereby reaching some sort of an equilibrium between supply and demand to reduce and cure inflation. Hey, that's worked so far. Inflation is down significantly as measured by the Consumer Price Index or the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index. Those are two, two processes of measuring inflation. The latest inflation data from the U.S. Department of Commerce uh, showed inflation for July continuing its downward trajectory. Uh, the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index from the Commerce Department showed that for the month of July, the headline uh, PCE for July was uh, plus two-tenths of one percent from June up one two-tenths of one percent from June. And the core uh, ECE, where we neglect food and fuel, or fuel, food and energy, uh, for July, uh, was also two-tenths of one percent. And then if you take a look at a longer period of time, uh, let's say look at a three-month period of time from May, June, and July, then the headline... Uh, Personal consumption expenditure uh, stood at two tenths or at 2.1%. And the core uh, personal consumption expenditure, uh, where we neglect food and energy, stood at 2.9%. Well, the good news was that, hey, both of those are 
uh, close to the targets that the uh, Federal Reserve is set. So the the PCE uh, price index, basically that's the, the Fed's choice for measuring inflation. You know, they'll, they'll talk about inflation and they'll, uh, that 2% goal that they have, that's measured in terms of the uh, personal consumption expenditure price index. So both of them are approximately equal. Uh, the uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditure put out by the Department of Commerce, the Consumer Price Index comes from the Department of Labor. Uh, they, uh, they, they emphasize different things, but generally the personal consumption expenditure is a little bit less than the uh, uh, Consumer Price Index. And uh, basically, the, the, those numbers uh, should please the Federal Reserve see at their next open market committee meeting, the next open market committee meeting for the Federal Reserve is September 19th and 20th. And uh, uh, from the uh, numbers that they're seeing from the uh, bond uh, markets, uh, they probably won't be an increase at that particular meeting. And uh, they're going to, the present uh, Federal funds rate is set 5.5%, and again, it'll probably stay there. The more popular uh, the information, the more popular inflation measurement, the consumer price index, has followed the same uh, downward trajectory as the uh, PCE expenditure index, and uh, all three of them, uh, the well. The, uh, Let's see, for June, July, uh, and I think we're going to see the next uh, CPI numbers next uh, Wednesday. Uh, they're all showing at about uh, two-tenths of a percent increase in inflation per month. And uh, uh, if you multiply that by 12, you get 2.4% per year, which is very close to the target date. Our target uh, uh, number that the Federal Reserve put out. Until recently, investors wanted to know how high the Federal Reserve would raise the federal funds rate. It's now 5.5%, but now with inflation moving downward and close to 3%, even over a 12-month period, the question has changed from how high will it go to uh, uh, will it be a soft landing? Uh, by soft landing, I mean we're going to uh, quash inflation without a recession or serious economic damage. Well, and the other question is, uh, when will the Federal Reserve start to lower the interest rate? Uh, right now, right now, according to the Federal Reserve officials, they're increasingly optimistic they can quash inflation without causing serious economic pain. And uh, the New York Federal Reserve Bank President John Williams, uh, in a Bloomberg uh, interview, he he said he's encouraged by signs that price pressures in the labor market are gradually cooling and federal officials are intent on not squashing their chances of an elusive 
soft landing by raising interest rates too much, even as they remain committed to returning inflation to that 2% goal, that the balancing act is critical to the legacy of Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell if he can restore price stability after a large inflation shock without a recession. That would be a rare achievement in modern policymaking, and uh, uh, yeah, that would alleviate any criticism that, that he was too late in, in starting to raise the prices. So uh, let's just stop for a second and go to the phones. Hello, this is uh, Jim McAuley. Can I help you? This yes. Good morning. Yes, sir. How, is, uh, How are you? I was wondering if uh, the interest rates could ever go back up to what they were in the late 70s. Uh, no, I don't think so. If, if you, And I say that because in the late 70s, uh, inflation had gotten up to 14%, and the head of the Federal Reserve at that particular point in time increased the uh, federal funds rate to 20%. In other words, just to give you some context uh, to interpret those numbers, right now we're uh, talking about increasing the federal funds rate around, it's around 5.5%. When they increased it in, I think it was 1982, uh, it was uh, uh, they increased it 20%. So you had numbers that were, uh, you know, way up there in terms of interest rates. You know, my my old my senior clients they'll talk to me about uh, uh, CDs. You know, in 14% CDs. So at that time, uh, interest rates were sky high. You could talk to other people about having mortgages that, that were in the order of uh, somewhere over 10%. And uh, so, no, I, I, we're, not in that, we're not in that particular uh, what, area uh, right now. What caused them to be so high back then? Uh, basically, the, the, if you take a look at the 1970s, in 1970, you had the uh, uh, end of the you had the end of the Vietnam War. Vietnam War was still going on, and you were you were going to uh, the big year of the Vietnam War was 1969, and so you were you were in a case of uh, what they call guidance and butter. Uh, we were conducting a war at the same time that. Uh, uh, Johnson, Lyndon Johnson was president, and Lyndon Johnson wanted to start the uh, uh, the I forget the name of it, but it was it was it was basically a big spending program for consumption in the American economy. Uh, great Society, yeah. His program was the, the Great Society. And at the same time, he was fighting a Vietnam War. Uh, there was just too much money in, uh, in the economy, and inflation got started uh, sometime around uh, 
1974, uh, they increased the interest rates, but then they they uh, didn't keep it up. And then there was a, uh, a, a event called Burns's Blunder. And at that particular point, then it took off. The inflation really took off around 1975. And it got up to, like I say, it got up to 14%. Your CDs were way up there. Your mortgages were way up there. And then uh, Volcker, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, uh, cured inflation with a huge increase in the federal funds rate to 20%, caused a recession, and uh, the unemployment during that recession got up to be about uh, 12 or 13%. So right now, we're talking about federal funds rates of 5.5%, and we're talking about the unemployment rates of 3.8%. So... This is a, this is a little uh, a little backyard squabble compared to what you had at the end of the uh, the end of the seventies. So that's why the, the amount. Go ahead. That the uh, Fed can raise the rates too. Is there? There's no law on the books or in the Constitution that would restrict them. Is there? Nope. Nope. This is a the Federal Reserve is a. Uh, uh, Twelve banks that uh, are uh, under the authority of the federal government, but they're supposedly uh, politically independent. So uh, there's uh, approximately 18 members, counting presidents of the banks. Twelve, twelve banks plus governors of the Federal Reserve, and they make the decisions with regard to how high that interest rates. Is supposed to be. So, nope, no, no limit. Okay, well, thank you for your information. All right. <laughs> you have a good day now. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1 281 Uh Let me go back to what I was talking about before. And uh, uh, basically, uh, what I said before with regard to uh, the Federal Reserve controlling the interest rates and squashing inflation, uh, the New York Fed President John Williams uh, said at the uh, Bloomberg interview that, uh, uh, quote, we've gotten monetary policy in a very good place. In other words, they got it, basically he was referring to, they got inflation down from 9.1% a year ago to basically 3% today. And uh, a separate Labor Department report last week uh, showed that job gains from June and July were weaker than previously reported. The jobless rate uh, climbed uh, and the wage growth slowed, and those are further signs of, of labor market cooling that the Federal Reserve has been looking for. And then you take a look at other uh, governors and bank presidents, Federal Reserve bank presidents, uh, Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller, one of the 
central bank's most outspoken advocates for tighter policy, called it a hell of a good week for data, uh, quote, unquote. Uh, quote, there's nothing that is saying we need to do anything imminent anytime soon, Waller said in an interview on uh, CNBC Tuesday, signaling he supports keeping rates on hold at the central bank's next meeting. Uh, quote, we can just sit there and wait for the data, unquote. Uh, officials will see one more key inflation reading before their September 19th and 20th meeting, gathering uh, fresh consumer price data for August. That's the uh, the uh, CPI consumer price index report that comes out on Wednesday uh, next week. And uh, with low confidence in forecast, inflation too high, and the risk that overall growth continues above the trend, policy hawks like Waller and Dallas Fed President Lori Logan, as well as centralists such as Austin Fed President Susan Collins, are keeping a, a hike later this year on the table. So uh, Logan still sounded a, a more balanced note, saying that policy owners, quote, must proceed gradually, unquote. Uh, continuing our quotes, uh, uh, quote, the FOMC, which is the Federal Open Market Committee, cannot safely throw bucket after bucket of cold water on the economy just in case inflation catches fire again. Uh, she said Thursday in an event in Dallas, if we did that, not, not only inflation, but economic activity itself would soon uh, be cold out, uh, which is not an outcome we want. So. Uh, that's been a criticism of the of the rate increases so far. That uh, these rate increases aren't free. And what you're doing is increasing the rate and getting in inflation under control, but you're also slowing down the economy. The economy could be growing faster than it is right now. Uh, the bond market indicated that basically. Investors expect federal officials will skip the rate increase in September, but they see roughly even odds of another quarter of a percent hike in the uh, October 31st, November 1st meeting. So at the, at the September uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting, policy owners will submit updated forecasts that they're uh, that there are a thing for the next six six uh, uh, months, and they may show uh, they'll show their agreement as to what is basically going to happen, what possibly will happen at the November and December meetings. In any case, uh, we may be getting too close to the problem. You know, we're kind of dissecting this thing. Uh, the data shows that inflation. Is at a significant downward trajectory. We're getting inflation down to two tenths of one percent uh, per month, and over a three-month period, the headline inflation is two point one percent, and over and the core inflation is two point nine percent. So we're almost right on target. We have a little way to go, 
no one can accurately predict what will happen in the short term. But we see now that inflation is basically being controlled and the economy is still strong. So we're at the beginning of the end of the inflation story. And and in the not-too-distant future, the Federal Reserve can start to lower the rates and the economy can basically get back to normal. And that's where basically we want to go. So uh, this is Jim McAuley. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, give us a call over our toll-free number at one 888 Now stay tuned. I'll be right back after a word from my sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalies. September day Were you in the yard With your wife and children Working on some stage in L.A. Did you stand there in shock Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAuley. Uh, you know, when we look back uh, over this week, what we see is the global equities were mostly down. They were down everywhere. In the U.S., the three major stock indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Standard and Poor 500, and the NASDAQ Composite, basically they were all down for the week as investors were fearful that the Federal Reserve uh, might not be done tightening. Uh, That's a case of good news for the economy may be interpreted as bad news uh, regarding how the Federal Reserve reacts. Uh, to the uh, uh, Institute of Supply Management uh, Service Index that was reported uh, on, uh, the report came out Wednesday, uh, then the market dropped Thursday, uh, showing increased strength in the U.S. Uh, service industries. In the, uh, in the European Union, in the U.K., in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down for the week, and in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both down for the week. And in Asia, uh, Japan's Nikkei 225 was down. And uh, China, which continues to grapple with a whole bunch of problems. Um, they're, they're trying to save the large uh, housing developers. And the uh, uh, housing market is basically dried up. They're... Uh, 
working with uh, debt from the central government as well as from the uh, provinces, uh, the uh, the imports, uh, the exports are down uh, close to 15%. Uh, so basically what you're seeing is the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major... <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones at uh, 34,576.59, and it was down uh, uh, 0.75% for the week. The Standard & Poor closed at 4,457.59. And it was down 1.29% for the week. And the NASDAQ uh, composite closed at 13,761.52. And it was down uh, 1.93% uh, for the week. So uh, the, uh, basically the markets, the markets were down everywhere. Uh, last week. So uh, one of the things that, you know, we look at the big picture uh, in terms of what's happening in the economy, what's happening in our economy, what's happening in the global economy, what the Federal Reserve is doing. Uh, all of this gives us some uh, perspective uh, of uh, what's affecting our investments so we can make investment decisions. And uh, but still, the most important financial um, plan that we have is our own financial plan, the one that, that takes into account our goals, our objectives, uh, the things that are important to us, like uh, uh, raising a family, supporting a family, uh, educating the children. Uh, uh, all those things are, are things that are basically we all go through in life. We start at when you come out of when you come out of school, you're interested in uh, a car and an apartment, and then it goes down, goes with time to uh, are you going to have a secure and uh, a enjoyable retirement? So all along the way, you have to lay out a roadmap. It says uh, these things are going to happen and it's going to require a certain amount of money that you're going to have to, the family's going to have to accumulate over a period of time. And it all begins the steady stream of income from the job or from other investments or uh, a business. And uh, you can't consume at all. A certain portion you can consume the rest of it has to be saved. And that saving rate is a lot more than uh, most people think about. In other words, if you if you basically save approximately 15% of your take-home pay and allot that to uh, your retirement plans or your uh, plans for the house or plans for uh, the business or, you know, uh, plans other than just uh, keeping up the standard of living, 
you have to allocate it. You have to make sure that, uh, hey, uh, the first thing you do when the money uh, goes into the bank account is to make sure that uh, you save that 15% of it and allocate that to different funds that are aimed at different uh, uh, goals that you have. You know, you've got your 401k at work and uh, you've got your personal savings and you've got your uh, uh, insurances that you have to protect yourself against uh, unforeseen events like death and and, uh, uh, property and casualty insurance, you know, to protect uh, you against liability and automobile and homeowner liability and things of this nature. So uh, it it takes a lot of thinking and a lot of uh, um, decision-making, but it's best to do it while you have the time when you're you're, uh, starting life, so to speak, and then you can modify it as you go along. It's your roadmap. You can you can deviate from it, and you can make changes. Uh, but you've got something there that has been well thought out. You understand it. You know what it means, and uh, you can use that to make decisions about. Okay, you want something different. You want to start a new business, or you want a boat, or you want a vacation home, or something like that. Uh, what is, is that going to cost in terms of the financial plan? And what are you going to give up in terms of the financial plan? And it also involves the risk and rewards. Uh, we do make decisions about uh, uh, do you want to be super safe or do you want to take a risk? And is there a reasonable payoff for that risk? So. All those things go into the financial plan. And that financial plan, you start with it, you put it together, uh, and you work with it for years and years and years. And uh, uh, modify it as time goes on. Modify it as investments uh, go on. And uh, uh, life changes and the plan changes with it. But you've got 80 or 90% of the plan that stays the same throughout the entire lifetime. So that's what we do for our clients. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give uh, give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Get rich slow. This is your host this morning, Jim Ackley. Uh You know, we talked before about what's happening in the big picture, and uh, you know, this, the uh, service industries, uh, 
Supply Management uh, uh, Institute of Supply Management's report uh, for August issued uh, by Anthony Dees, who is chairman of the ISM Business Survey Committee, showed that the U.S. service sector of the economy was positive and expanding at a faster rate than expected for the eighth consecutive month in August. And the main index, uh, which showed that the directional change of economic activity uh, jumped 1.8% to 54.5%. And the index came in stronger than the uh, economist's forecast of 52.4% and is well above the recent low of 41.7% in April of 2020. So uh, what you're seeing is that uh, Anthony Neves uh, indicated that, quote, uh, sentiment among business survey committee responders varies by industry. However, the majority of the panelists were positive about a business and economic conditions, unquote. Uh, last month, he said the majority of respondents were cautiously optimistic about business conditions and the overall economy, and that there were no signs of a recession uh, in the U.S. economy. So give you an idea of where this uh, ISM (coughs) survey comes from. Excuse me. Uh, The index is generated uh, from surveys of uh, executives who are asking, uh, how does this month compare to last month, you know, for parameters like, hey, New orders, production, shipments, uh, backlog of orders, employment, and what the ISN does then is grind all this data together uh, to provide the ISN service index, where an index number of 50 is considered neutral, and something above 50 is expansion, and something below 50 is contraction. So in August, the ISM uh, uh, service industries ramped up to 54.5 from 52.7 in July. And uh, this has been, it's been an expansive territory basically for the last uh, uh, eight months. And uh, to give you an idea what some of the respondents are saying, uh, uh, according to the accommodations and food services, uh, rest quote restaurant sales and traffic uh, trends remain positive year over year, and compared to uh, pre-pandemic levels, hiring is stable with quality employees are available. And construction, what the construction people said, quote. Sales on a national level have been strong. Commodity material prices remain stable, and we are finding areas for cost reductions. And material availability has basically returned to pre-COVID levels. Uh, an idea of what the healthcare and social assistance, uh, what they're saying is that the. Uh, uh, while labor costs continue to soften, costs of pharmaceuticals and supplies remain stubbornly high, 
and negatively impacting operating margins. Supply chains are operating consistently, though some categories of supply remain constrained. Uh, Patient volumes and revenues are down slightly for the month, uh, but appear to be rebounding as back-to-school season approaches. Forecast remains cautiously optimistic. And then for uh, the uh, management of companies, uh, quote, the supply chain and challenges affect a portion of our buys as they include products and components made outside the U.S. and are subject to shipping delays and issues. The price of of materials and other products has slightly increased. Distribution of some direct materials has been altered due to key supplier financial issues. Uh, uh, Public administration, quote, prices have settled. Uh, Warnings of possible recession in uh, 2024 are not being taken seriously by top management. The same experts uh, warned that the country should be in a recession by now. Our general feeling is that the Federal Reserve strategy for taming inflation and building a soft landing for the economy is working better than expected, and the city has proposed reducing its municipal tax for the fiscal year beginning October 1st. So uh, good, good news there. Uh, real estate overall conditions seem quite good, although there's a definite slowdown in residential construction driven by rapidly uh, increasing interest rates. So uh, people are are soldiering, uh, you know, soldiering through this uh, high interest rates, and uh, the whole the whole COVID picture was one of total chaos and confusion where people were let go. Uh, uh, People weren't uh, quite sure what kind of benefits they were going to get from the federal government. Uh, Companies uh, totally, uh, in some cases, disbanded the company. Uh, Now, when they're in the throes of getting organized again, and you can see progress everywhere in terms of I talk to my clients and uh, uh, they're getting their shops organized again and new employees and uh, uh, new training and new new supervision and the whole business. So uh, it's taken, it was, it was a chaotic situation, but we're getting out of it. Uh, just to give you an idea of some of the areas that this ISM uh, survey looks at, and they ask, uh, you know, how did this month compare to last month? Uh, was it uh, better or worse? About the same. Uh, in case of uh, new orders, 29% of the people said that this month was better than last month. 17% said it was worse. In the case of production, 31% said it was uh, this month is better. 17% said it was worse. Backlogs. Backlogs. Uh, 9% said the backlogs increased. 25% said that they decreased. 
So that means you've got uh, the workforce turning, uh, uh, chomping through the uh, backlogs, uh, suppliers' deliveries. Yeah, that, that was about the same uh, prices paid. 23% said that they were paying more this month. 8% said that they were paying less uh, employment. Uh, 18% said that they've increased employment. 11% said that they've decreased it. So when you take a look at the survey results, after they grind them through, what you see is that uh, production is growing faster in uh, August and, and July. New orders are growing faster. Employment is growing faster. Backlogs are basically contracting uh, from growing. They used to be growing. Now they're going the other direction. New export orders growing faster. And uh, uh, basically uh, uh, a show of uh, the service industries and give you an idea of what's in the service industries. Uh, service industries are real estate, rental and leasing, accommodations, and, and food services, art, entertainment, and recreation, utilities, retail trade, public administration, information technology, uh, uh, educational services, construction, finance and insurance, transportation, and warehousing, professional, scientific, and technical services. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, okay, other ones were basically binding, wholesale trade, healthcare, social assistance, management of companies, agriculture. All those things are under the uh, service industry. So. This is Jim McAleese. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Everybody here looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land. Anybody looking for Lift up your voice and say, man, lift up your voice and say, man, anybody here looking for a Bible in our own hearts and across the land, anybody looking for a revival, lift up your voice and say, man, lift up your voice and say, man, ain't gonna find it in a politician. All right. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. And, you know, we talked about what's going on in the service industry. Let's talk about manufacturing for a minute. Uh, according to the Department of Commerce's monthly full report on manufacturers' shipments, inventories, and orders for July, orders for manufacturing goods decreased 2.1%, <clears throat> and that followed a 2.3% increase in June, and shipments for manufactured goods increased $2.9 uh, billion for uh, half of 1% to $577.2 uh, billion. Uh, and basically what you're seeing is that in the case of factory orders where swings are common, 
the difference in the factory orders this particular month was kind of a, uh, a change in uh, aircraft, uh, more aircraft, uh, civilian aircraft buying. So uh, it fell 2.1% in, you know, the 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 factory orders fell 2.1% in July, uh, and that was nearly the reverse of June's 2.3% increase. And the uh, the two main components show that there was a 1.1% increase in non-durable goods and a 5.2% decrease in durable goods orders. And uh, what what you're seeing there is that in, uh, in June and uh, May and June, uh, there were big civilian aircraft orders that went into uh, Boeing. I mean, the 737 retail uh, price for 737 is about uh, somewhere between 90 and 100 million dollars. So the air, the airline, uh, they want to get their best price that they they order in bulk, and that's not to say they're going to get it in bulk because these these aircraft orders are going to be built over the next several years, and uh, so the orders come in and they they bump up the uh, the order books uh, for one month, and then if they don't get a big aircraft order the next month, then they go down. Just to give you an idea of, uh, of what it looks like, non-defense aircraft uh, in uh, May, the orders were up 33.4%. In June, the orders were up 71.1%. In July, the orders were down. Forty-three point six percent. So, the order they got orders in May, they got orders in June. They didn't get orders in July. So the the uh, uh, the numbers the numbers were down for July. There wasn't a wasn't a big thing one way or the other there. Okay, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. 20-some-odd years ago, a poem was written about this tragedy of of September 11th. And it's a a poem called Rest in Peace. And it goes like this. Uh, I am a World Trade Center tower standing tall in the clear blue sky, feeling a violent blow in my side. And I am a towering inferno of pain and suffering, imploding upon myself and collapsing to the ground. May, and may I rest in peace. Another one is I am a terrified passenger in a hijacked airplane, not knowing where we are going, or that I am riding on fuel tanks and breathe instruments of death. May I rest in peace. I am a worker arriving in my office not knowing that just in a moment my future will be obliterated. My rest in peace. 
I'm a firefighter sent into dark corridors of smoke and debris on a mission of mercy, only having it collapsed around me. May I rest in peace. I'm a rescue worker risking my life to save lives. He is very aware that I may not make it out alive. May I rest in peace. I am a survivor who fled down the stairs and out of the building to safety, who knows that nothing will ever be the same in my soul again. May I rest in peace. I'm a doctor in a hospital, treating patients burned from head to toe, who knows that these horrible messages, images will remain in my mind forever. May I rest in peace. I'm a boy in New Jersey, waiting for a father who will never come home. May I rest in peace. I'm a citizen of the world, glued to my television set, fighting back my rage and despair for these horrible events. May I rest in peace. I'm a person of faith, struggling to forgive the unforgivable, praying for the consolation of those who've lost loved ones calling for the merciful blessing of God. May I rest in peace. I am a child of God who believes we are all children of God, that we're all part of one another. May we all know peace. So think about what happened to 22 years ago and try to remember what you felt as you watched the tragedy unfold. May God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.